Hello and welcome to DKI Digital Era Entertainment's weekly anime podcast. This is episode 103. I'm your host, Joel, and I have here with me, Jace. Yo, what's up? Hey, hey, it's your boy, Jace. Crit hit Jace. Not yep. Kong Ming. That's different. We'll, we'll get to Kong Ming. And we'll <laughs> also get to a lot of shows because, oh my goodness, Jace, I, I watch a lot of anime every season. Yeah. That I would say that on average, since this show has started, I probably watched 10 shows a season, 8 to 10 shows a season. Yeah. This season, I have watched so far 16 or 17 premieres, and I have plans to watch at least one more. Now, <laughs> that is not to say that I intend to watch all 16, 17 of these shows through to the end of the season, but that I have seen episode one of them at the very least, which is still more than I usually do. That Usually, I'm going to be at like 12-ish shows at the start of the season, and that I will drop anywhere from one to four along the way. But yeah. this season, I have a really full slate. It's kind of surprising because I wasn't expecting to pick up this many because there aren't there isn't a huge number of sequels this season yeah. either and not a whole bunch of you know a-lister sequels at that that yeah. uh you know when i say a-lister i mean something to the degree of attack on titan that the closest thing i would say we have to an a-lister sequel here is kaguya-sama and that for me that's an a-list sequel for the populace at large in terms of anime fans i would say it's maybe a low A or a high B tier sequel. Yeah. Um, but uh, in terms of, you know, name recognition, that's what I would say the biggest thing is, except for maybe Shield Hero. Yeah, um, yeah. But that there's just a lot of new stuff this season and that there was just enough, I don't know if it was a combination of time or just overall that there were a lot of concepts that I looked at and said, okay, I'll give it a shot. Sure, why not? Yeah. I'll give it the one episode shake, and then we'll see if it warrants me going on to two or three. And that at the very least, reviews that I read for the vast majority of these was, it's okay, and yeah. there's going to be a fair amount of, it's okay from me today, but uh, I'm really excited. There's a lot to talk about. I know you've watched a good number as well. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have a particular system in mind for how I want to do this. So what I'm thinking is that you and I just sort of take turns calling out shows that we want to talk about. And if the other person has also watched that show, that we can, you know, go a bit of back and forth on the commentary. And if not, that we'll just keep going until we're done. Yeah. Sounds like a good plan. <laughs> yeah. Um, I suppose for starters, let's just cross off any of the sequels. So Ascendance of the All Bookworm, right. um, Kaguya-sama. I think those are the only sequels. I'm going to start Komi Can't Communicate once it, uh, gets to Netflix that yeah. similar to uh, season one, it's running like two weeks behind Japan. Yeah. So it'll, it's going to be done as a weekly installment, but it it's waiting for just a short amount of time after initial broadcast. So, you know, not the classic Netflix jail type of thing, but uh, uh, yeah, a slightly it, longer delay than average. But as the song goes, the waiting is the hardest part. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But otherwise, um, the only sequels that I'm watching are those two Ascendants of a Bookworm and Kaguya-sama, and they're I'm both... Actually, uh, I'm watching a sequel, actually. Uh, the one oh. one that you didn't mention, uh, Science Fell in Love, so I tried to Oh, yes, to thank it. you. Sorry, I'm watching that one as well. I'm watching that one as well. Um, for me, all three are just continuing where they left off, and they are yeah. as strong as they always were. That uh, Science Fell in Love, episode season two, episode one, sure as heck felt like season one. It was that type of 
crazy campy stuff that if you like season one, here you go back for more. If you didn't like season one, don't bother looking at season two. I uh, I like the introduction of the two new characters, the the couple mm-hmm. from the natural sciences department, the yes. uh, the cliche ada ada female, um, and there's actually and this kind of blew my mind. I'm noticing animes are doing this a little bit more. Uh, they're doing uh, post credit scenes actually, um, which is really cool. I'm I'm assuming that they're uh, trying to get people to not skip the ending credits. Yeah, uh, like most people do when they binge. And yeah, episode two of Science Fell in Love had a post credit scene teasing another coupling that season that they kind of teased throughout all of season one, but nothing ever happened between the two of them. And then it's like, oh my God, no, wait, is are, are they going to be at the end? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like, I really, uh, I, I love the first season. Uh, I love the ending to the first season. I love Turing Love. It's such a good song. And mm-hmm. so far, I'm loving season two. So. Yeah, that uh, for me, I'm just going to sort of lump all three of the sequels that I'm watching together and say they are still good. There's a reason that I completed season one, that I sought out season two, and I am not disappointed so far. But I had another it, season two actually pop into my head. It was on oh. Netflix. They did a dump. Oh, Tiger yes, that's and right. I, yes, I did this, too. Uh, I'm five episodes into this. I haven't binged all the way through it yet. Yeah, I, I forgot about that one because it wasn't on our initial list. That yeah. It's not technically listed as airing because it's not airing. 13 episodes of 25 have yeah. been dumped on Netflix. So those are there for your viewing pleasure. I know that Mario, big fan of Tiger and Bunny, uh, is going to be <laughs> making time to watch that. So uh, he, he thank you for reminding uh, Barnaby, me. Yeah. Right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, I, I find it funny because I'm always kind of paired up with him because we did. He did Phoenix. I did Godot. He did Barnaby. I did Kotetsu. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, and especially for you, you know, as someone who is very much into the Tokusatsu and the heroes that those, that's those very much just so show cool. up your alley. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess might as well going on in no particular order, as I said for shows that we are watching this season that are new. Love After World Domination was the first show that we discussed last week because it was for the second half of the previews. It's one that I mentioned I had been looking forward to, and episode one certainly delivered for me. Oh, God. Like, it delivered in spades for me because I'm a big token nerd. Um, All the tropes were there. I love the character designs. Um, I I got a friend who's saying best waifu is uh, Yellow Gelato. I honestly, I still think it's, it's, you know, the main female love interest, which I'm blanking out on her name right now. Um, I, I love that they went with the very super recognizable trope of a skull themed enemy, uh, enemy group, uh, as that yep. goes back to uh common rider 50 years mm-hmm. ago. So, uh, you know, all the tropes are there and uh, honestly, like that's now it is on what it says list. on the tin. <laughs> yeah. It is what it says on the tin and I'm having a good time already. Um, like I said, I anticipate that I will drop at least a handful of shows this season. I do not think Love After World Domination is going to be one of those drops for me. Uh, it's definitely, I mean, for me, it's a no-brainer. I'm following that all this season like I followed Kuroitsu. Um, there's a lot of that I didn't see the first season of that from my initial list after looking at trailers, I went, oh, Okay, nope, not going to watch that. <laughs> so my yeah, list no. shrunk a little and, bit. And, and hey, fingers crossed that this one doesn't have, you know, really problematic representation issues. Dang, I just had I'm, another I'm... season two pop into my head because it was freaking Netflix again. Ultraman. 
that one I'm not watching, but also that one's not a proper anime. That's a live action, isn't it? No, that is actually based off the Ultraman manga. It's an alternate universe in which the Ultraman power is actually like these armor suits of sorts. It's a 3D anime. The animation is, well, season okay. one's animation I'll, wasn't I'll... too hot. Hey, that's but, still anime. That if it's yeah. not live action, the 3D anime is still anime. It's so, like how Gridman cool. is uh, also part of the Ultraman franchise, but anime. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I am not watching that one, but uh, you are watching it. Have you been able to get a couple episodes in? You know, I, uh, I I saw like the first episode. It's one of those things where because it's a 3D anime, uh, it's a little off-putting, especially mm-hmm. because rather than come up with something kind of original and anime-ish looking uh like an anime-ish take on the aliens uh from the series they look more like their live action counterparts so it it feels even more jarring so it's one of these things that i like i enjoy in little short bursts if you if you don't mind 3d anime check out ultraman it is a very satisfying story um because the Ultraman franchise being 55 years old has a lot of lore. It's kind of like Doctor Who because they have a continuing story, unlike Kamen Rider and Super Sentai. But you don't have to watch anything from that franchise to get into it as well. So I do appreciate when they do that, that it's always accessible and easy to jump in, but that it has the deeper lore and continuing story that you can go back and either you know, read up on it, watch up yeah. on it, and that those who have been invested for years on end feel that they continue to be rewarded for yeah. watching, but that it's not a barrier to entry. The references, if you are an Ultraman fan and haven't watched it yet, are great little like throwbacks, the uh, different enemies and everything. It's like, you're going to go, oh man, it's that one. Like you're going to have those reactions to it. And if you, and even the fact that there are multiple Ultramen in this series, um, because back then the most famous was like, the Ultra Brothers. It was like kind of the original group of uh, of Showa period characters. Uh, all of them are represented as different Ultraman suits on different operators, um, and they do team up and everything. It's cool to see that unique design that they took it from being a man in a kind of latex suit to these kind of armored mecha type designs that fit around the body like a suit. So, so that's probably the thing that I really like the most about it is the uniqueness about it. And there is a manga as well that uh, coincides with it. So Cool. Well, I'm going to do one good and one bad. Um, okay. A good one, Diamon. Uh, that is the Japanese confectionery one. Uh, the subtitle mm. for the uh, localization is Recipe for Happiness. Huh. And that one is definitely delivering on the sort of slow methodical slice of life healing of the soul type anime i'm two episodes in and you know well, only two episodes have aired so far and it's that type of thing where i can tell we're gonna get the feels we're gonna get yeah. the feels here and if you want the feels with the uh you know i suppose set dressings of a japanese sweets shop then here you go that uh, um I would actually say that it is one of the more promising shows of the season mm. in terms of just the characters have thus far been really good. The emotional arcs that we've had over the past, over the first two episodes have been very satisfying. I'm curious to see where they're going to go with the extended character arcs for the main cast, but mm. it seems like they're also probably going to be doing, you know, at least a bit of 
flavor of the week, pun half intended, individual character arcs where, you know, they're in episode two, we had one of the employees of the sweet shop and that it told their story. And I assume that we are not going to be seeing this person's story past that because we had a little, you know, one episode arc for them. It was good, very satisfying. And I assume there'll be a recurring background character. But now next week, we'll probably move on to somebody else. But, you know, underpinning all this will be our main two and their story over the course of the 12 episodes. And uh, it's been very satisfying so far. So Diamon, recipe for happiness, definitely one to keep an eye on. The one you don't need to keep your eye on is RPG Real Estate. That is the one show so far that I have definitively dropped. Um, it, too much fan service, not enough satisfying plot or writing. Sorry. You know, I mean, it's on my maybe list for like watching the first three episodes. The intro is what got me curious because the intro goes into a dark direction towards the end. Like there's going to be some sort of villain or something. Yeah, it's don't get like, me wrong. Uh, kind of like a I, centaur's life. How that yeah, takes it, a dark turn. And don't get me wrong. I love me a good cute girls do cute things show. Mm. Um, I And I have no problem with fan service up to a point. I was just, it was a bit too much here. And I think also because I have so many on my plate yeah. this season that I'm being a bit more aggressive in my cuts, at least early on. That just, uh, this one, it, it wasn't, it wasn't that the fan service completely crossed the line or anything. Yeah. It was just that it, it was a constant thorn in my side as a viewer. And mm. like I said, the actual story was the, the lightest, easiest, breeziest of the cute girls do cute things fair. And it just, mm. it wasn't enough to keep my attention legitimately. Yeah. I mean, now it's not if my... you're in, if you're in the mood for just, you know, that really easy, flighty, you know, I get in that mood sometimes. I was just not in the mood right now for it, yeah. so I'm dropping that one. It's the fantasy element that kind of reminded me of Slayers a little bit. I mean, I'm not a fan of the fan service, um, mostly because there's that, uh, and, and I'm blanking out on the character from Dragon Maid, but like, there's a little half dragon character Anna. that gives, yeah. There's a character in RPG real estate that gives off massive kind of vibes, and there's yeah, fan service in that yep, first yep, yep, episode. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. And that kind of had me yeah, going. Yeah, but part of her eh. character, yeah, it, well, it's certainly not helped by the fact that part of her character is that she does not like wearing clothes. I mean, if I had a tail that big, I wouldn't like wearing clothes too. I hardly like wearing clothes as it is because I have a hard time finding shit that fits me. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> well, that is neither here nor there. Yeah. It's relatable, any, but <laughs> any shows that you want to call out for um, the next so one? I'd uh, say I have that, my list here. Uh, yeah, I got mine in front of me too. Um, so a definite for me uh, was Birdie Wing. Um, yes, this show is one of the biggest bait and switches I've seen in a while. Yep. I mean, oh like, my gosh. I mean, the artwork and the logo immediately kind of spoke to me from the key art. I thought, uh, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, reminded me of Tales of. And I saw Bandai Namco Pictures. I did a little research. That is a rebranded Sunrise animation, actually. Uh, which mm, makes our sense good friends from it, that's the studio that did Code Geass. Bingo. Sunrise. The <laughs> hey, yeah. Hey. And uh, yeah, the bait and switch is legit on this. It's kind of like how in Salaryman's Club, if you didn't notice the shuttlecock, you thought it was going to be like an office comedy fan service with sexy boys. 
same with birdie wing where you're seeing this picture with girls and golf and you think it's going to be a golf anime surprise and it, it, it is a golf anime sort of kind of but there's something deeper going on they're also the character kind and... of international spies yeah sort of. so i mean there's there's it's not so quite clear how on. deep this goes but it, essentially what i'm about to describe is the cold open of episode one so not yeah. deep spoiler territory but it's the type of thing that, like we said, you don't get it as part of the key art and stuff. Yeah. That the, the opening sequence is pro golfer is making a big comeback uh, at a tournament and gets fourth place. And then after the tournament, the person pulls off their face and it's our main character, the blonde. And it's oh. revealed that she was hired by the actual pro tour golfer who was injured to play in her stead and not do too well as to cause anyone to be suspicious, but to make sure that she retained her spot on the pro tour and that she had just a good enough showing to, you know, retain her sponsors and whatnot. Yeah. It was then revealed that the reason they do this is because they have a uh, family that they want to support. It's not quite clear if this is blood family or if this is sort of adopted family. It seems to be the latter. There's yeah. some mentions of potentially undocumented immigrants here. Yeah. I'm not sure if they're planning on actually going down some social commentary route here or not. Yeah. But then they have like, I, I won't give away the entire second half of the episode, but it goes into some really extreme golf. Yeah. And I mean, like a, the animation on it is gorgeous. Oh, I mean, it's gorgeous. Like, it's, I'm yeah. kind of hoping for an anime, like for a game almost like I'm I'm going like Bandai Namco. What are you doing here? Because like just the animation behind the like the shoot of like the shot of the ball, which, you know, they refer to as a bullet the way she sh fires it. Yeah. You now, the fact that it gets stuck in a tree, you know, it's just like, damn, that's yeah. so, that's more than Happy Gilmore did. <laughs> yeah, it's not immediately clear just how far they plan to go with this storyline or in what direction. Like I said, there's potential for some real social commentary here. There's yeah. some potential for them going just sort of literal and figurative balls to the wall, crazy stuff here or them, you know, like a spy story, but also it's still yeah. a sports anime at the very least birdie wing golf girl story is not just your regular sports anime. Give if it a nothing shot, else, if, it is uh... not. This is not, not a vanilla person. show. Yeah. There's something else going on here, and I am absolutely sticking around to find out what the heck that is. A maybe for me, and this is like the the kind of sitting on the uh, on the bubble, is fanfare of adolescence. Another sports this anime. Is, this is the uh, horse jockey one, correct? Yep. All right. Um, I have not watched any of this one, so tell me about so it. Two episodes are out. And we start the story off with a guy who is in a uh, boy band, you know, like a Johnny's talent group type thing called Mr. Doctor. And this big press conference goes off and he decides that he's going to quit the boy band and become uh, go to this jockey school, which, of course, is super controversial because that means that that boy band is breaking up because I guess it was only a few members. wasn't a big group. Yeah. And, that and without, you know, one of the people that the whole thing sort of crumbles yeah and so as it continues um you know we we get your typical kind of sports anime and even a school type drama because it is an academy for people becoming jockeys 
But then there's the drama of the fact that the main character used to be, or still is, technically famous. So he's got to deal with paparazzi and like there's somebody following him around that like, oh, they're shooting a documentary about the class. And like he is just so deadpan, like, get the hell away from me. Why the hell are you doing this? And then there's this mention of like, you know how much money we lost because you quit? And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Is there like some sort of like blackmail, like some sort of there's there's something underneath it all on top of the school stuff and the racing stuff that it's like. Okay, I'm kind of intrigued. You have my attention a little bit. So it depends huh. on which direction they kind of lean with this. If they kind of get a little bit into that, you know, the intrigue and the suspense of him leaving the group and everything and the controversy of him being a celebrity and dealing with that as he tries to do what he loves. Like, how much are they going to lean into that versus the horse racing and school stuff? So... That's why it's on the yeah. bubble for me. The, I'm, I'm looking at the Premier Digest from Anime Feminist, which is uh, one of the three sites that I go to for my uh, reviews at the start of the season. And the little blurb they have is, horse racing series that might just tackle the dehumanizing terrors of the idol industry and the pressures placed on female athletes in male-dominated fields, dot, 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 or might just end up being ship-teasy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so i mean if it winds up in the latter then you know it's probably something that'll be dropped in a few more episodes if it's the former i'm gonna stick with it you know okay, which is so shocking because that's the I'm, third sports anime i've recently enjoyed yeah. <laughs> i i have so much on my plate right now yeah that i'm just gonna put an asterisk on this one for the yeah. moment and in a couple weeks if it gets to episode three four five and you're raving about it that i'll pick it yeah. up I'm not going to pick it up just yet because there's so many other ones, but uh, good to know that uh, Fanfare of Adolescence has some promising stuff here. I'm glad to hear it, especially for something as niche as horse racing, that if they're only yeah. going to get one show, make it a good one. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, horse racing's big in Japan, not so big mm, internationally. For sure, this so. is very true, yeah. No, we have the big three races here in the U.S. Uh, for the Triple Crown. But that's about it. But it is absolutely a big thing in Japan. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to uh, go What's the over... next one you got to rave about? Uh, well, I'm not going to rave about this one. This is something middling. It's the Skeleton okay. Knight in Another World, uh, mm. the one that had the, the problematic, you know, first episode. Watched episode yeah, two today. That, that immediate intro was like, Ew. Yeah, that, that, that was just a, a bit... It, it was a strong first taste. And here's the thing. I don't think that first taste is representative of the show as a whole. Yeah. Because it... It didn't feel like the rest of episode one, and it sure as heck didn't feel like episode two, because I watched episode two today, and it was a vanilla isekai power fantasy. Mm. It was fine. It was, it gets a C in my book. Yeah. It, it is going to be one of the ones that I haven't resolved to drop it yet, but I have it sort of marked as one of the first that'll be up for dropping if it doesn't hold up its end of the bargain. But at the same time, it has not done anything... Episode two didn't have anything remotely problematic like episode one. Uh, yeah. And to and to be fair with episode one, it was a very traumatic opening, but it also wasn't graphic. Mm, so yeah. while I I will begrudge it a bit for its no warning opening, it was at least moderately tasteful. I'm not yeah. going to, you know, give it props. So good for you. You weren't 
garbage. But I will at least say that I, he, I think that it was going for the shock value and it succeeded yeah. for better or worse there. But now it's sort of moving on. It's just doing its isekai power fantasy thing. And if you are in the mood for a isekai power fantasy, yeah, this is very passable. The animation's mm. good. The soundtrack's very nice. It's checking all the boxes and it's doing nothing above and beyond, but it's just fine. And, you know, sometimes you just want your bread and butter. And if you want that, here you go. That yeah. You, genuinely, I, I don't mean that as sarcastic or snarky, that, that this is a perfectly serviceable show. If it were another season where I didn't have a ton on my plate, I'd probably say, yeah, I'll, I'll just stick with this one. It'll be fine. It's only because of the volume of things that I have right now yeah. that I am looking at it as one of the first potentials to drop. That that one dropped for me just because, I mean, the intro, that beginning, the cold open yeah, had me like, was... whoa. <laughs> and that was that was actually like not to sound bad or anything like it caught my attention because it reminded me of the kind of animes you'd see in the 80s you know in early 90s like the really i heard a couple people edgy, compare it OBA. to goblin slayer i've heard that too i've heard that too and but memory serves goblin slayer was a lot more graphic yeah and actually unfortunately i haven't seen that but now that i've heard that i'm thinking like okay if this gives me that old school 80s anime vibe uh as as uh uh bonsai yeah, pop put it anime is punk rock animation <laughs> i mean no that uh, other than that you know two minute sequence at the beginning of episode one that then gets sort of rehashed halfway through yeah. episode one that episode two was completely unremarkable and in that's that how regard. i dropped it i am and, not a big fan of vanilla isekai there's got to be a twist fine. there's got to be something interesting to it and i just was like right down to when they were like i fell asleep and when i woke up i was him i'm like really dude like come yeah, on yeah yeah like i said i i enjoy having some lighter ones because i like some really dense series so yeah. i usually keep a couple of just really dumb shows on my plate yeah. to have as palate cleansers yeah. and for now i'm keeping it around for that purpose but like i said it might be a, a drop mm. um one thing that has been very good is uh the the localized title for this one is Heroines Run the Show. This is the Idol Manager show mm. that we were talking about. Yeah. And it is up there. It might be sequels notwithstanding top five of the season for me. Huh. Really, really good so far. Two episodes okay. in, very promising. The characters are all very strong. The animation is gorgeous. And I'm very excited to see where they go. I... As I mentioned in our preview show, you know, I'm the type that is the managerial type, that uh, this is what I do when it comes to conventions, that I like the back end, that don't get me wrong, I like being on stage, I like talking, that's part of why I suggested doing a podcast, that I enjoy performing, <laughs> absolutely, but I also love seeing the back end of things, I love yeah. seeing the what it takes to put on a show, to run a show, and to get that perspective for once is very fun. And yeah. the way it's being written in the characters, this is, you know, chef's kiss so far. <laughs> highly, highly recommended. Heroines run the show. I'll have to uh, I'll have to look that one up because, uh, I mean, that wasn't on my radar per se. But as somebody who's done 
mainly performing, but I've done some uh, back-end stuff. I went to school for media production, so I'm kind of a jack-of-all-trades when it comes to the entertainment yeah. industry. I can definitely say that that sounds interesting to me, and now Is I'm going to have to the, go and take a look at it. The thing on the surface that wasn't clear was yeah. how much this would be about the manager versus how much it would be about the idols because the the tag that it had on Annie chart was music. And I will thoroughly disagree with that thus far. It is not a music show. It is a show about people working in the music industry. It is not a music show. This is very much setting up to be something of a, a comedy drama just uh, that uh, almost – a workplace comedy gives it too much levity that there's some serious stuff going on in here. Um, not, you know, like deep traumatic dramatic, mm. but that uh, we're really covering a good range here. This is a uh, a professional show. So this is not an way. idol show. I can say that definitively. So uh, that now I'm going to have to look into that one after the podcast. Um so next up on the list that I got here is uh, Don't Hurt Me, My Healer. And I have not watched this one. This was one that it, it would have been the next one, two, or three if I wanted to pick up another show, and I just haven't felt compelled to do that. So yeah. tell me if I'm missing out on anything. So it's very much a gag anime. It is. It, I'm not familiar with the source material, but it sounds like the source material might be a Yonkoma, the uh, four-panel comics. Mm -hmm. um, because it's very gag-oriented. You have this very kind of ditzy, but, like, I don't know how she can manage to be ditzy and yandere, like, and sundere, all at the same, like, her personality is all over the place, and it's just designed to annoy the main character who... We never see his face. That's kind of a running gag. Like, even when his helmet's off, there's something blocking his face. And, I mean, like, this is not isekai. It's straight-up fantasy. Um, you know, and, and I love a good fantasy. I love a good fantasy comedy. So, one of my all-time favorites is Slayers. And so, I thought, hey, I'm going to stick with this. I'm going to see where it goes. If the main character, if that girl gets really annoying or him getting annoyed at her gets really annoying, then... And, you know, then it gets dropped. But so far it had, you know, got a good number of chuckles out of me, uh, you know, more so than, say, your average Family Guy or Simpsons episode. <laughs> and that mm -hmm. says something. So if, if it can get a little more laughs out of me than that, then, you know, give it a peek and see if it makes you laugh and interest you. Sure. Cool. Uh, that's not enough for me to want to pick it up right now, yeah. but I look forward to hearing you talk about it. Right. And if it overperforms, we'll see. But uh, I, that is not enough for me to pick it up at this time. But I'm glad you're enjoying it. Oh, well, you know, it's one of those surprises because, yeah. especially being that uh, fantasy setting, my first reaction with how all fantasies have been lately, it's like, oh boy, another isekai. The trailer it's, said it was an isekai, though. Yeah, and that's the is... thing. I'm wondering where that comes into play because it didn't seem like an isekai at all from that first episode yeah so maybe that's either something they will reveal later or maybe that was a mistranslation on the trailer yeah uh i mean if it does turn into an isekai well you know that'll be another and, you know, reason for me to drop it because <laughs> it'll be pretty vanilla despite the comedy but 
Uh, next one I'll take is Shikimori isn't just a cutie. Yes. This is one that is very much what it says on the tin, that Shikimori is very cute, but she is also very cool. And yeah. this first episode was almost a bit tired in its formula of just, you know, main character is klutzy, does thing, is saved by Shikimori. Shikimori yeah. is cool. And yeah, it, it wore a little bit thin by the end of the episode, but I'm currently chalking that up to just, you know, premiere episode syndrome. And that yeah. once we get into episodes two, three, four, that we're going to start digging into the depth of other characters because we were introduced to at least a couple other friends. We yep. had a very fun bowling uh, alley scene. I thought that was probably the best scene of the whole yeah, uh, show. Yeah. Uh, if we get more stuff like that where it's just sort of slice of life-ish, where even if there is sort of this recurring gag, but yeah. if the if the slice of life stuff is compelling enough on its own amidst the gag, I'm fine with that. That, uh, yeah. again, a very pretty show, not just she can oh, yeah. herself, animation is very high quality here done by studio doga kobo um so yeah this would be if if i had to rank it i would say it's you know 75th percentile so not Mm. the top not the bottom yeah Uh, yeah. but it's comfortably in the range where i expect to keep up with this one that this will probably be something that i see through to the end of the season I'm sticking with it. Um, I mean, it's very rom-com, very, very heavy on the comedy because of the fact that you have the loser and the girl that somehow, despite it's like, she's so beautiful. Yeah. She saves his ass every time. At the very least, (laughs) I do appreciate that this is a rom-com where the couple's already together. There is no question. It's not that will they, won't they throughout the whole season that just makes you go, tis already. (laughs) Yeah. As you said, the question is sort of, how did they get together? And I expect that we'll get this story at some point, but it's very clearly, you know, they they very much like each other and they both know that they like each other. And so we don't have that sort of hanging over our heads for any of this, that this is just an exploration of a a active romantic relationship Mm. and, you know, their friends and their social life. And that's just fine. Yeah. That's good. I'm here for that. So it's kind of a palate cleanser for me, uh, because of that slice of life element, uh, especially because i'm watching like two other rom-coms as it is so Mm -hmm. all right uh uh, yeah you can take one next all right um so i'm gonna go with uh tomodachi game which is okay yeah i was gonna say this one later but sure yeah i mean this one is a must this is pure psychological thriller mind games uh this lives up to everything i was expecting from the trailer that we've got a little bit of uh uh this liar game element um Mm -hmm. and a little bit of the squid game element to it uh minus the whole murder thing um and there's a lot of intrigue because unlike something like uh alice in borderland and uh uh squid game and stuff like that where eventually they reveal the people watching them Nah, they throw that at you right in the first episode and it's like hey, they're not the only ones playing the game, but the story is just about this guy and his really close group of friends as this goes down. It's like, oh, I am intrigued. I am very intrigued. And and the whole extra layer of this 
isn't just that they need to do these trust-related games, but that there is clearly a traitor among them, and we do not know who. So it is doubling up the combination of the psychological thriller with mystery. Uh, I almost felt like it wasn't so much a traitor as much as it was a setup, considering that the mm. people watching are talking about nobody ever gets past question five. And the fact that questions one through four all had that ultimatum at the bottom. And it seems like there's some mind games going on that there's a traitor, but the traitor isn't doing it to be a traitor because the numbers all balance out after the traitor thing is done. So it's just like, huh, okay. Yeah, the, you know. There's a lot of questions still to be answered, but I very yeah. much agree. This is a good one that this is a good old fashioned, it's not a, a proper murder game type nah. of thing. It's something of a survivor game, but it, it yeah. is very much in that vein of, you know, like you mentioned, Liar Game. If any of you have read that uh, manga from a while back. Yeah, or seen or the, if, uh, the drama. Yeah, um, that it, it's very much that uh, kind of like, oh, why am I playing on series name Ultimate Gambler? Please help. Oh, uh, oh, God. It's a recent one, right? No, it's an old one. Oh, no. KG. Okay. KG. KG? Yeah, oh, uh, Kaiji. Kaiji. Oh, Kaiji. Okay. Kaiji Ultimate Gambler. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so really good. I like my smart characters doing smart things shows. And this isn't quite smart characters doing smart things, but this is characters having to do smart things. Yeah. So definitely like that one. It's certainly unlike anything else that's going on this season. So if that is your type of fair, that uh, this is doing very well by you. Uh, the next one I'll call out is... Let's go with... Uh, I think the localized title is Age of the Witch. Um, uh, let me, let me the Dawn of the Witch. Dawn of the Witch, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, two episodes into this one, and it's shaping up to be a very interesting fantasy. This is not an isekai, it's a proper fantasy. There's still a lot of questions to be answered, but I'm very yeah. much enjoying the ride so far. That we are, they're being very methodical in their building out of the characters and the broader world's lore. Yeah. So I think there's a very interesting story here. Um, it's not a, it's got some tropes for sure. Yeah. But this doesn't feel inherently formulaic, similar to, you know, Skeleton Knight is just formulaic. It's yeah. that just power fantasy isekai color by numbers. This yep. isn't color by numbers. It's not doing anything super revolutionary, but it's it's blending the elements in a way that's like, okay, I don't know necessarily what's going to come up next. I'm sure yeah. that whatever is going to happen has been done before because everything's been done before. Yep. But there it doesn't feel super predictable, and I do appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's definitely one of the ones that I was just like, okay, I'm going to follow through on this because, again, like Slayers, I like a good fantasy, and this one's really building up their characters in their world right away. And I mean, uh, so it's definitely one of these things where it's just like, if you like fantasy, you like a defined world, you like to see, you know, something build up, um, you know, and not just have it spoon fed to you right away at the beginning with the premise. Yeah. It's definitely something to watch out for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, one other one that I'll throw on is the one that RJ had direct us to, which is um, Otome games are rough for mobs. Yep. So, and this is the one that I had railed against in my yeah. initial reaction. Uh, English title for those who are uh, looking for it on Crunchyroll, Trapped in a Dating Sim. Yeah. Uh, I will say that this show is not as inherently toxic and just vitriolic as it looked on paper. Yeah. I'm not giving it a bunch of props either, though. <laughs> not it, it, This isn't a, a bait and switch. Oh, it's actually great. It, congratulations, you pass a very low bar that you set for yourself. <laughs> um, that this is another isekai. Yep. It's not quite a power fantasy. It's not so gross yeah to the point where it is you know oh women have more uh power than men here and that needs to be changed because we can't let have women have anything even in a, a fantasy yeah but it's it's still just not inspired uh, um i i enjoyed it based on as he's playing that game for his uh, sister and he's just coming through it and he's just like, Oh God, these characters are so cliche. Oh, why does this, he's calling out every single cliche in the book. The as show is about on. to indulge in. And the, the best part is there's these little tropes thrown in there where you can kind of go, Oh, that's like fire emblem. Oh, that's like Sakura Wars. You can recognize what they're parodying in the game that he's playing but then the way he gets isekai was so <laughs> hilarious to me. Like, I just was oh, yeah. like, no truck couldn't this time. No I'll, I'll give him points for the death. I'll give him yeah. points for the death. But the um, fact that his goal is more so, I hated this game so much, and I know what's going to happen, so I'm just going to straight up do the exact opposite of everything and stand out. So it's like, I'm going to go to this dungeon before I ever did in the game as the character and like all this stuff. It's like, well, no. So that, that one was all right. I'm doing this to get myself out of being basically a farm boy. Okay. And, yeah, but, yeah. But then the concept in episode two is all right. I I've gotten out of this bad situation, but now I just want to live my life as a mob. I don't want to get involved in the game's plot line. And I just want to, you know, I, I now have a comfortable lifestyle. I will just quietly enjoy this comfortable lifestyle. But of course, he yeah. can't do that. He's the protagonist. He's going to get dragged into the game's plot line. Um, uh, a comment on a message board I saw that uh, sort of rang with me was um, a, the show does not attempt to examine the social inadequate or sorry. The show does not attempt to examine social inequalities gone topsy-turvy, and uh, by halfway through, it is a standard male power fantasy with a male-centered harem, an exclusively male gaze, and the inescapable assumption that this is how the world should be. Mm. And I think that very much encapsulates my view on this after two episodes. I, I'm trying to decide still if I want to give it one more just to sort of reconfirm what I believe here, that it... This isn't, like I said, on paper, this sounded really just gross. Yeah. And congratulations, it's not that bad. Yeah. It's not good either. <laughs> I it's mean, not good either. If you've ever played No Toma game, 
Um, which I, I, I mean, I, I played one of the things that gets ago. me is that usually in Otome game series like this, you it feels like it's a love letter to the series. You can tell whoever played Otome, the whoever wrote the material played Otome games and enjoyed Otome games, and even if they're riffing on it, that it is in a loving way. Whereas here yeah. it feels more malicious. And at all, mm, other times, yeah. it also feels like they just never played an Otome game, but they just despise the concept of an Otome game. Because I can see that too. I can see that because too. Because the thing is, in this supposed Otome game, there were, there were microtransactions, and there were yep. also like mech combat, which yep. <laughs> indicates to me that well, no, Otome There's games like are visual story. novels that are sold as games. They don't have microtransactions. I can't tell if that's them doing it. I, I, I feel I, like I it's just a little bit here. of commentary on everything. I mean, this could have just been anime by committee, for that matter. It could have just been people who've never played a game but played similar ones or heard of similar ones. Because when you think about it. Um, there's a dating sim aspect nowadays to Fire Emblem, and there's a strategy element with those mechs. So okay, that's there's like fair. there's that. But then again, Fire Emblem is also selling bonkers in mobile with Fire Emblem Heroes. But that's for the mobile release, not the console release. Right. I mean, this dude is playing the console. For somebody who doesn't know that, that's why I said like anime by committee. Yeah, so for somebody may, maybe who it could be that, something like that. Yeah, so the writing might be a little all over the place, but then I also think that another writer saw that somebody came up with all this about a game and then had the main character go, what the hell is this? This doesn't belong in the game. This shouldn't be here. You're like, And just pointing yeah, out and, all the weirdness. And like I said, usually it feels like it, it's done at least as a love letter that even if the, the character has uh, things that they don't like that a... I I don't know. I I don't. It doesn't seem like a I typical don't feel isekai. warmth from the writing. Yeah, it, because it's not a typical isekai. That's why I'm interested in it. So yeah, it just I it's weird. I I have this sort of you know like almost perverse interest at this point because I <laughs> I don't like the concept on paper. So I kind of want to watch it a bit to be justified that <laughs> it it isn't good. But at the same time, I'm not going to subject myself to that. But at the same time, since it isn't terrible, but it's also not good, it's like, okay, do I want to just watch it anyways since it's not terrible? Yeah. I, I'm in this very weird space with it right now. That's that's kind of like uh, uh, another show, Greatest Demon Lord. Yeah, okay, good, because that, that was one of the two I have left, so I'm glad yep. you brought it up. This is the one from Silverlink that, you know, that's my darling studio that I always say they – they get the genre fair, but they know how to pick them. I'm curious on what your opinion is so far. I watched the first episode. It's on a bubble for me. I thought that it was going to be, it, it had isekai and it felt like it was going to be from the trailer. Well, it's not isekai. It's, well, per well, se. Sort of. It's weird. It, it's reincarnated, but it's same world reincarnation. Yeah. And but the thing is, is that not only is it reincarnated, but same world, there's also the element that he remembers everything about the reincarnation and he's ridiculously OP, like mm -hmm. a power fantasy. Yeah. No, this is absolutely a power fantasy. D don't get this wrong. This is 100% a power fantasy. Yeah. Uh, I've seen episode two of this one. 
Episode two is a lot more fun than episode one. The the thing that I didn't like about episode one, that at first there was the concept of, all right, big powerful character who didn't really have friends because they were so powerful that they were not able to effectively socialize with everyone is reborn in a new age. But since they never learned how to socialize, they are supremely awkward (laughs) to the point where it almost might be considered a allegory for neurodivergence, which Mm. could be interesting. However, he sort of gets over that by the time episode two rolls around. So it it becomes less interesting that way. And it's sort of a gag in episode one. It's not it's not an offensive thing that it it doesn't feel like they were trying to do a gag at neurodivergent people. It was just sort of, oh, they could have kept with this and had it be something thoughtful and they just chose not to. So that's neither here nor there. Um, Episode two goes into very predictable power fantasy territory. But at the same time, it's the type of thing that the way in which it is done is very satisfying. Mm. And that is emblematic of silver link to me that like i said it's genre fair it's predictable but the the shows they pick just happen to be written well enough that i'm fine sticking with it Mm. um the the only other cringy thing in the middle of episode one is that the relationship for the main two characters is built because main character dude, the powerful reincarnated guy with no social skills, is desperately trying to make friends because that's all he wants, to make friends because he couldn't have friends as the Demon King. Yep. And he finds this one girl who doesn't inherently uh, reject him, but she is saying, like, no, I don't want to be friends with you. Go away. And they have this frankly awkward sequence where it's just a montage of him trying to ask her to be his friend and her saying no. And from a from a social standpoint, that feels very awkward because that's like, you know, stalkery. basically yeah, he it, it's stalkery and borderline harassing and it works in the end. And I don't yeah, I don't like that. that oh. Basically, he is in the end rewarded with the person who becomes you know, his best friend in presumed love interest yeah. for the series by it, it. I don't like the reinforcement of the concept of no means yes. Yeah. That, that that when a girl says no, it's her playing hard to get. I, I strongly dislike that. Yeah. And it, they sort of glaze over it and they just play it as a gag. It's clear that that's not going to be a recurring thing because, well, now they're friends and that's yeah. fine. So it's not going to be an every episode thing. But I'm going to sort of shine a spotlight on this and say, hey, um, this is not a good thing. Don't don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. It's not enough that it's going to guy. Yeah, it's not going to disqualify the show or anything for me. It wasn't that egregious, but I'm a PSA. I I was sort of side eyeing it. I was like, "Mm, don't do that. Yeah. Um, but but and that's part of why I said I liked episode two a lot more. So I'm probably going to stick with it. It's. It's silver link, silver linking. I sort of came to a realization of a good analogy. Silver link is that super reliable family restaurant. Oh, yeah. They don't, they, that it's all comfort food. That's what they mm. do. It's nothing inspired. It's not gourmet cuisine, but it's always just, you know, a notch or two above passable. You know yeah. what you're going to get when you go there. And you always leave 
feeling satisfied and a little bit warm inside. It's not like, you know, a gross fast food joint where, you know, oh, if you have nothing else to do, you'll eat it, but then you're going to have a stomach ache afterwards. No, this, this is comfort food. That is what Silverlink is. Not gourmet, but comfort food. I think I know exactly what the last one we're going to mention is. I do too. So you you go ahead. I think I'm going to throw one more thing into the mix here. Dance, dance, danseur. Okay. I have not watched this one. So yeah, the the premise is basically um, guy is popular at school. He's in the, uh, and I think it's kind of cool. Jeet Kundo uh, club. So it's not Kendo. It's not judo. No, it's, it's yeah, Bruce we're, we're, Lee's fighting style. We are blending all three together, baby. Yeah, and uh, so we got that little twist there. But basically, he's in this club, and he's pretty popular with his friends and stuff like that. Um, but as a kid, he was at his sister's ballet recital, and he sees this guy on stage. And this dude is, like, freaking 12-pack ripped and phenomenal. And, like, the guy just gives off this radiant sparkle as he's passionately doing this. And the kid just gets like amazed by it. And so he decides he wants to do ballet like his sister and gets teased for it. They reveal it in a flashback. He gets teased for it, which I mean, this is very much what you expect on the cover. I don't think maybe episode two is. Yeah, episode two came out today, so I haven't seen that yet. Um, But looks like there might be a little bit of a romance rivalry between him and another guy for the girl's affection. That seems likely given the key art. Um, but basically the main character's journey to go back and do something that he fell in love with as a kid is what has me so invested in this story because it's one of those things where it's, 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 uh, defying gender norms by having a guy who wanted to do ballet and then his father who was a martial artist and was like, you know, go ahead, you can do it, son. You're great dies and we don't know how but we assume it's a tragedy type thing or whatever and once he gets made fun of the kid takes his long hair chops it off tries to make himself up to be macho to try to be in his father's footsteps and be a stunt man and do martial arts and then he gets interested in this girl and the girl's mother runs a ballet studio and he gets back in touch with that passion that he had for something as a kid And, you know, he has to struggle to learn how to do it the proper way because he was doing martial arts. So it's definitely going to be a very dramatic story. And I just love that they are diving a little into that whole defying gender norms uh, situation because I am all for that. Sweet. Sounds good. Um, I probably won't watch it just because that's not really my type of show. Yeah. I appreciate everything that it sounds like it's doing. So that's cool. I'm glad to hear that it's doing well. Yeah. Um, I, I just usually, it, it's that still sort of classifies as a sports anime for me. And kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of ish. Um, because there's not really a competition per se going on with it. It seems like it's going to be more of a, relationship drama like a romance drama type thing Mm. so that's that's kind of where i see it is i don't see it as a sports anime i see it as a romantic Mm. drama but okay that that's one that i sort of am gonna also put the asterisk next to and be like if i start hearing from a lot of people this is really good 
that maybe I'll pick it up later in the season. But just I have so much right now that you so, know, if, if this was another season and I was running low, yeah. I might pick this one up. But I've just got so much. But uh, our last <laughs> one, I think, is one that neither of us are dropping. And I think it's the one that people went in eyeing as anime of the season and that people are currently thinking is going to be anime of the season. Yep. It's Spy Family. Yeah. I mean, I've known Anya for 20 minutes and I love her already. Oh my God. She is absolutely adorable. I want to hug her. <laughs> yeah. This is just, we haven't even met the mother yet. We're not getting yeah. that until this week. And the, it's yeah. a Saturday broadcast. So episode two does not air until tomorrow. We'll probably be bragging about it again next week. <laughs> yeah. It, this is, this was projected, predicted to be the the anime of the season just because it is such a popular manga like we've mentioned that this is a series that has been recommended to us by several people so i am not surprised to have enjoyed Same. episode one as much as i did it, it just feels like okay yeah it, it's not that i didn't trust all the people who were telling me to read the manga but now i'm glad that i waited for the anime because i like seeing it in motion and in color so yeah i'm i'm here uh, it is, you know, top, th not counting sequels, it's top three of the season for me. Yeah. It might, I, I don't want to call it number one of the season for me after only a single episode, but it's that caliber, folks. The hype is real. Yeah. Spy Family is very good. You got to watch it. I mean, like I mentioned last week in the uh, previous episode, um, the spy element and the setting uh, gave me vibes back to licensed by royalty um you know back from the 2000s and i love a good kind of like you know spy action type thing this lives up to it in spades but then throws in like guaranteed there's going to be a bit of rom-com thrown in there because i have a feeling that by the end of it he's oh, they're going to be come to they, be yeah they, they, they're going to fall in love they're going to fall in legitimate love and they're going to adopt anya as their yeah. actual daughter and they're going to have to work through whatever the heck that means for their respective organizations because the dude's yep. still going to be a spy and she's still going to be an assassin and they're just going to say we love each other so darn much that we will make this work out one way or another Oh, I, I can't wait to see where it goes. And the action was top notch on it, top yeah, of it all. That the, this is uh, Studio Wit and Cloverworks. And yeah, it certainly looks like Wit and Cloverworks. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you like good action animation. You like something that might lead to a, you know, romance story. You like a good comedy. It's all of those. So, I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's got a little something for everybody. It's really good. Go yeah. watch Spy Family. Oh, and go watch season two on, or, or season two, episode two, the day after our stream. Watch it tomorrow. Watch both episodes back to back, you know, get yeah. the full package. Treat yourself. And yeah, so that's about all I have. The only other thing that I have that's still marked for watching is summertime rendering because mm -hmm. it is, in fact, on Disney+. Plus. Um, uh, I'm gonna watch it on there. I still need to get around to it, but I, because of the trailer and its OLM, I do have high hopes for that, so mm. uh, once I get around to that, I will let people know. Um, I haven't looked into it, because the first episode only aired a bit over a day ago, Yeah, and I'm not sure if this is on... US Disney Plus or if this is a 
uh, as the term went for a while, Netflix jail, that will we not get this until later down the line? So I, I need to actually do my research on that. Haven't been able to because I've been so busy watching other stuff. It might be Netflix jail situation. I have a feeling that Disney would not air a subtitled series simulcast. I have a feeling that this is going to be translated, dubbed, and then released. Um, Sigh. I mean, I, I went on Disney+. Plus. I looked through new to Disney+. Plus. I went through what they were highlighting because, I, I mean, you'd think it would be a big thing to promote. It probably will be a big thing to promote once it gets on there. Disney Plus is starting to go towards that uh, PG-13 realm. They already did with Marvel Studios, but now that they've got the Netflix Marvel shows on there, I have a feeling that Disney is going to start playing around with stuff. And since Star Wars Visions did so well, and it's anime, I have a feeling that we're going to see eventually some Netflix jail, or in this case now, Disney Plus jail shows. Yeah. Well, we will see. But even if I need to wait a bit, then maybe that's for the best anyways, because I have so much to watch this season. <laughs> oh, and then Comey, like in a couple of weeks. So. Yeah, that's the thing. that we, we still have Comey, and at least that's not, you know, proper Netflix jail. That's just delayed a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, good season. It's yeah. a really good season. I picked a hell of a time to get back into this hobby. Like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. All righty, folks. Well, I think that's going to just about do it for us. And that just about took a perfect hour anyway. So, yeah. very, very nice. Uh, as always, be sure to check out our sponsor, Image Anime. You can find them at imageanime.com and use the code DISCOUNTSHIP, that is D-E-E-S-C-O-U-N-T-S-H-I-P, for free shipping on all orders of $100 or more. You can get Digital Era Entertainment merchandise at digitalerraentertainment.streamelements.com. Be sure to like, follow, subscribe us here on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And on YouTube, you can find the trailer for Kokoro No Pro, our upcoming wrestling-themed visual novel. Uh, I will be back next Thursday with either RJ or Neo Ivan for either Great Ace Attorney or L.A. Noir to be determined. In a bit over two weeks' time, we will be doing our next radio drama, which is going to be Batman Beyond Revival and Return of the Joker. I actually started the script of that this week. Uh, I'm about a quarter of the way through, so actually a bit ahead of schedule for me, which is very nice. So that's going to be a very fun one. Do set that aside. That's going to be the 30th of April at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So our weekly, or sorry, our monthly radio drama. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I think that is just about it for us. So thank you all for tuning in. This has been DKI episode 103. Stay safe, stay sane, and we will see you next time on Digital Era Twitch. Watch Spy Family. Watch Spy Family. Watch Spy Family.